Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. So um, I just want to build upon last week, and, and I, and I want to, the title of my message is called The Greatest Secret uh, Revealed. And how many don't like a secret? You, you like to know what the secret is, right? And God had a secret for generations that he was unraveling, but it was eventually, it was revealed. And when we understand the power of that, because um, what we have with our salvation, it was not something that was easy. And it didn't just happen like that. God had to unfold a plan that took generations upon generations and this is why we honor the Jewish people not because they're better but like uh, Rabbi Jeff said they're unique in that they were the people God chose to first start this plan he had to have somebody and we're gonna get dig into that a little more but I want us to just first of all um, we're gonna look at this this mystery the sick secret or this mystery um, Let's go to Colossians 1, 24 to 29. We're going to look at that first, and then we'll, we'll go from, from there. He, he says, I'm glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I'm, Paul was speaking here, for I'm participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This me- message was kept secret for centuries and generations past. And I'm going to explain this, why it was. But now it has been revealed to God's people. And we're like, well, I know this. Well, today I want to, if you do know it, I want to stir you up by reminding you and also to stir you up to, to see the, the, the cost that it took for God to, to unravel this and reveal this to us. And that we, we shouldn't take it lightly. It's like, it's so powerful what he gave us. And sometimes when we see the cost of it, we value it more. So that's my hope today. Um, and, he, and he says, and this is the secret. Christ lives in you. Amen? He's not out there somewhere. We're not calling him in. He lives in you you Christ in you another transition says the hope of glory this gives us gives you assurance of sharing his glory so we tell others what about Christ warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us and we want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ amen that's the ultimate goal none of us are you know we're, we're all walking this out but that's what I love. It's about a relationship. It's not about levels and attaining. And I don't like it when we talk about leadership and levels. Um, because it makes everyone like, oh, yeah, I'm on level one. And you're on level five, right? And it just, it's this whole thing. It's, I, we, we created it. We call it the growth cycle. Because everything is in cycles. And it's a process or the growth process. Because, um, and, we, and how many know your relationship is a, continual process that you're growing in you don't get you know well i guess you can get to new levels in it but um 
it's it, we he says here like I, we want to present everyone perfect in the relationship to Christ and that's why I work and struggle so hard depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me so this is Paul had something in him that made him just continually want to get this out what was it that he had or that he understood or that he walked in and I believe God wants to unravel that and 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 make that explode in us because it wasn't just for Paul it was for ev all, every one of us and and we see here in first uh, Corinthians we're gonna go there because again he's he's got something here that he's so confident in and he says here he says when I first came to you dear brothers and sisters I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan how many know Paul was a scholar and he was an educated man. The guy could probably preach bar none. The guy was a brainiac when it came to the Bible. The guy followed the law to the T. The guy could have pulled on all of those things and he's like, I am not coming to you with any of that. I am not coming with my wisdom. To, re to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ. Amen? Is Jesus enough? He is. He is enough. He is enough. And I'm excited about this weekend, uh, Replenish, because that's what we're doing. We're bragging about Jesus. We're digging in to what he has for us, and we're grabbing a hold of more. Because I'll tell you, couple hours on Sunday ain't enough. You need a weekend where it's like, push. He gives you a download. How many know that couldn't hurt you? Right? That can't hurt you. You need it. We all need it, especially when the world is downloading so much junk. And we're having to wade through that. We need to counteract that with other things that fill us. That's why we do these kinds of things. But it's Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied what? On what? Only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I came to you, look at this, in weakness. So he wasn't even having a good day. He was weak. He didn't come confident. He didn't come in all of his. You know why? He's walking in something new. He's revealed this mystery, Christ in you. It's all new. He's like raw. He's vulnerable. He's like, I'm just coming and I'm hoping this works. That's how he's coming in weakness, it says here. Um, timid and trembling. I did this so that you would... Trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Amen? He says, yet when I'm among mature believers, I do speak in wisdom, but not in the, uh, but, uh, in words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or, or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. 
So again, here we see this hidden plan that all of a sudden, look at, it, it was revealed. And this is what is hilarious because God revealed it enough that we would understand it, it would unfold and we would see it with, with what Paul's going to bring out here. But the devil didn't know it because this is what it says. It says here, um, but the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. If they knew that killing Jesus was going to multiply God's power and the kingdom of God and everything and release everything, they never would have done it. So I want us to, we're going to stop there and I want to just lay a groundwork of, of this plan. And I love it because it's, it's like an, an amazing love story from the very beginning of creation. You know, we just, I, I was at a funeral on Friday for a minister in our city and then, you know, Kim Merchant's mom passed away um, this, this weekend. And, um, you know, death is a hard thing. And why is it a hard thing? Because we were not created to die. We were never created to die. God created a garden, created Adam and Eve to be able to live forever with him. Death wasn't in the plan. Sin, when Adam sinned, sin brought death. When they disobeyed God and ate from that tree that they were forbidden to eat from, sin came in. But I love this, and we're, I'm just reading, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the account. You have to go to it because we don't have time to read it because I want to unravel it, and then we want to pray into some things. But I love because when he, the Bible says God went and walked in the cool of the day, and he was like, Adam, where are you? And he's, you know, he was hidden. And, and he says, I'm hiding from you because I'm naked. And he's like, who told you you're naked? So he knew something happened. And see, we were created to be clothed in the glory of God. Everything else in creation has some sort of covering. But we don't because we were supposed to be clothed in God's glory. That's our clothing. And so when we're not clothed in that, we're not fully covered. And God wanted to bring that back. But when he went to them, you know, he could have, you know, slapped them. And, but the first thing he dealt with is he dealt with the serpent. It's the first one. He, well, first of all, we, we see that Adam blamed Eve, right? <laughs> Typical. The, the woman made me do it, right? And then she's like, the serpent made me do it, right? Everyone's passing the blame. But then he deals with the serpent. And he curses him. And then he says, I'm going to put enmity between your seed and her seed. So immediately, he says, there's a plan. Right at the very beginning of man's sin, he says, my plan is is, is beginning to unfold. They didn't know it. And then, of course, he had to send him out of the garden. And why? Because he's holy and he's perfect. And his holiness would have consumed them. So he covered them and he removed them, not because he hated them, but he couldn't in his holiness be close to them. 
We don't realize, like people that say, oh, he's the guy upstairs, that they make God like he's so familiar. He's not. He's perfect. He's holy. When people see him, they're going to fall. They, they're going to, you can't even bear it. He's so perfect and so holy. And we forget that. We get so familiar with everything and just, just kind of treat it like it's just common and the same. It's not. We're talking God. We're talking the consuming fire God. And so he sends them away, and then he begins to unfold his plan. And, of course, they, they begin to make generations, and, and then we know that Noah messed up, so God had to, or not Noah, but that generation, and God was going to destroy the earth, but he preserved it and saved it and gave us a rainbow for a promise. Amen? And that rainbow that you see out there, wherever you see it, that's God's promise. And that's God's promise that he's going to even spare them. They took it for pride, but God says, no, it's a promise. And I'm going to even spare you with that promise. But that promise, then he was like, okay, I've got to unfold a plan. And he had a, a plan. And so he called a man named Abraham. And he called him by faith. And this is the foundation of everything that we do. The Bible says it's by faith. And so Abraham, the whole call of Abraham was he believed God. God called him and he believed him. And he dared to believe him. And he left his land. And he, God said, I'm going to take you. I'm going to establish you. I'm going to give you, make you into a nation. It takes an old man. How many know God doesn't care about all of our limitations? He's going to take a wrinkly old man and woman and said, this is perfect. Perfect. This is how you start a generation. And so, he, you know, he takes them. The promise comes through them. He messes it up with Isaac. Or not Isaac, but uh, Ishmael. How many know we make mistakes along the way? And we're still paying for that mistake. They're still at war. But Isaac came. And the promise came to Isaac. And then out of Isaac, then Jacob. And from Abraham, he created a family, and from a family, he began to create uh, a larger family, which eventually, Jacob, we know, became a nation in Egypt. And they went in 70-something people, but they came out over 2 million, I think. So, Toronto, right? They became a nation. And so then God... It says, okay, I'm calling these people out, I'm calling them to myself, and I'm going to begin to show them my ways. And so Moses then brings the law, and, he, and, and God establishes, look, this is who I am. This is my, my righteous rule. This is who, so you can begin to understand me, and this is my standard, and these are the ways that I do things. And he, then he began to, you know, reveal the law. And then he revealed the sacrifices that had to be done because people didn't measure up to that law. How many know you tell someone not to do something, but the very first thing they want to do is do it, right? Especially kids. You just see it. No, don't touch that. And they're like, as soon as you say don't, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's in there. And, and, and so he knew this, and, and he was the one that established the, 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 the principle or the law that the wages of sin is death. Something has to pay for sin. 
something. Death has to be paid. And so he instituted the sacrifices. He said, okay, if you, if you mess up, this is the sacrifice. And they began to understand that in the temple. And they understood the outer courts. And then the inner courts. And then the holy of holies. And, that, and this is why you can't just come in and just like, you know, with God. You have to treat it like this. People paid a high price even to be able to come close to God. And so they began to understand this and they began to see God's ways and they and God was could work through that to a degree but the, the spirit of God could only ever come upon them it couldn't dwell in them and and God couldn't be in them but he was laying out a framework and a groundwork so that they would begin to understand because this is the thing with God he wants to make sure we get it he's not this God that just slaps up on you and just... No, he, he works with you. How many here serve God long enough? You know that he has worked with you for years and years and years. He's patient, and he makes sure you get things. And, and it's layers and layers. We seem to think it's just like that. It's like, no, it's not like that. Yes, there are instant healings and instant deliverances. And you get set free from one thing, and then there's something else that comes up that you didn't realize was there. And, and these are not bad things. Why? When we understand this, it's an exchange. Sin is not bad when we give it to Jesus. Excuses are bad because he didn't die for excuses. He died for sin. He died for us admitting, yes, this fell short of your glory, God. That's what sin is. Sin is missing the mark of God's perfection. That's all it is. It doesn't matter what it is. We got our levels of sin, right? The really bad ones. You know, all the sexual ones that are all, those are really bad. Well, the consequences of them might be, but it's no blacker than gossip or division, sowing division. All of those things, they're all missing the mark. And so God's like, okay, now they see this and they understand, but there's got to be more. And so in the, in the process of time, in, in the fullness of time, the Bible says, then Jesus came in the midst of that. When they understood all of the different Passovers, and we know the Passover lamb and I, I'm not going to get into all of that, but God instituted the whole Passover and the Passover lamb. And Jesus came in the fullness of time right on Passover and fulfilled the very plan that that little lamb had to go through. Jesus himself went through. But, he, but before he did that, this is what I love. He came into the earth. He identified with us. Born in a manger, born in rumper dumper, not a nice clean hospital, born to common people, born and worked as a carpenter, and lived amongst us, touched by everything we're touched with. He had brothers that didn't like him, he was rejected there. Uh, can you imagine? Having Jesus as your brother, he's perfect. Yeah, he's the perfect one. 
he is. <laughs> and of course, Mary, I mean, no pressure, you get to raise God. <laughs> Who would like to raise God here? <laughs> here, I give you my son, raise him. <laughs> like every day, I don't, anyway. That's, that's a conversation I'm going to have with her when we get there. Because we got lots of time, right? And, um, but he identified with everything. Like, he lived here for 33 years. And in, there are 30 years that we only know of one account where he went to the temple uh, and talked to the priest. And they're blown away about how much this guy knows. At like 12, they're amazed. But all we know is the Bible says he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. That's all we know in that whole process. But what did he do for 30 years? He walked with God. He walked close to God. He got to know God. And when the Holy Spirit, because this is very important, the Holy Spirit came upon him and he dwelt upon because the Bible says God poured out his spirit without measure on him. Why? Because he loved, uh, he hated sin and he loved righteousness. God could pour it out on him completely. And Jesus did everything that he did by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he walked this out. And then on Passover, which jerk-faced devil didn't know that Jesus was going to be the Passover lamb. He didn't know. And so did none of the Israelites knew. Paul was the one that God revealed the mystery. And this is the mystery. The very things that happened when he died, he was that sacrificial lamb. We see this on the outward. But what Paul saw was what he did in heaven. Jesus went to the very throne room of God once, the Bible says, and for all. And he presented his blood. And he said, I am the final sacrifice. And I can redeem these people because they were, are human and I was human. I was the son of man and I am also the son of God. And he says, and I did not sin. So a sinless person can redeem a sinner. I can't redeem you because I'm a sinner. A sinner can't redeem a sinner. But someone who is sinless can. And Jesus came into that final throne room. And so it was one sacrifice. And the Bible says the veil in the temple was split in half. God himself said, enough of this. And they say that thing was thick, thick, like it's woven, like it doesn't get cut. Earthquakes happen. People popped out of graves because the power of God was so strong. Can you imagine? Dead grandma comes back. I'm back. <laughs> that would be hilarious and scary. But they, this is the power that was just released in him. And so the devil did not know this. And it says here, he would not have done this if he had have known. And, 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 and then it says this, 
That is, that is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Amen? And you know what that means? You are never going to comprehend all the things that God has for you. Because your brain will explode. Your mind can't conceive it. We're like, oh yeah, I can't. No, no, we can't. Because the Bible says God's thoughts about us outnumber the sand on the seashore. Like we, we just, we don't even, we can't comprehend it. But it was to us that God revealed these things. How? By his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. How many have had God reveal deep secrets to you? It's all of a sudden you're like, I did not know that. Wow. There's so many things I'm like, I am not smart enough to think that up. I, I always know it's God. It's like, okay, no, I definitely didn't know that. That only could have been God. It's a deep secret that he reveals it by his spirit. It doesn't even come necessarily to your mind at first. Um, and it says here, for his spirit uh, searches everything out and shows that God's deep secrets. And no one can know a person's thoughts except a person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have what? Let's read it together. We have received God's spirit. Why? Why? And not the world's spirit. Okay, the world's spirit is fear, rejection, all of these things. So we can know. Not, not wonder. Not, oh, it's out there and I'll never know it and it's so far removed from me and Oh, I grew up in a denomination where it was like God was so holy and and I'm not making fun of that, but we took it so far that you could never know him. All you were doing is working your butt off to try to be good enough for him. That's what I had to come out of. But so we can know the wonderful things God has what? Given to you because you maybe earned it. Now, why? They were freely given to us. And this is why we need times in the Word or need times where we come away and spend that time with God because only the Spirit of God can reveal those things and only the Spirit of God can speak to your heart what you need. You know, as a pastor... I give a message, and it's, it's, you're like, every person is different here. God, what does each one need? The Spirit of God knows exactly what each of you need, and that's my confidence. See, the senior pastor of a big church is the Holy Spirit, not me. I stopped being the senior pastor a long time ago. I resigned from that position. Because, see, I can say something, and I will, whatever, tell you something, but the Holy Spirit will be with you when you leave, and he'll continually preach whatever you needed from that, and he will continually be working that. I can't do that. He's a way better senior pastor than I am, so I'm going to give him that position, so I trust him, 
I trust him to do that work. And the Spirit of God is doing that work. And he, the one thing he is doing is he is re, he's wanting to show you the wonderful things that he has freely given you. See, the, the, the difference between our religion and every other religion, if you study them, everyone else in some way or form is striving to earn God's approval, striving to get their way to God. We are the only religion where God came down. He made the way. And all we have to do is receive it. It is a free gift. None of us can boast. And we just need to appropriate it. We need to receive it. But that's the hard part. How many know it's hard to receive a gift sometimes? Especially when it's such a good gift and you didn't earn it and you don't deserve it and you just... I had such a hard time receiving because I... My whole life was task and proving myself and... Um, and becoming better. I came out of abuse. And so what did I do? I tried to make myself be accepted and approved by the things I did. I lived off of that. And when God finally, when I hit my rock bottom and God finally loved me when I didn't deserve it, I just, it crushed me. I was like, how could you ever love me? But I felt such love that I didn't deserve and he just kept loving me and loving me. And I get mad and mad and mad. And why do you keep loving me? And it was like he was chasing me down with his love. And he wanted to give me wonderful things, but I couldn't receive them. And God knows how to unravel that. But it's Christ in you. The hope of glory. It's the greatest secret ever revealed. There's no other greater secret. If you get that in your life and you learn to live from that place, that's enough. If you can apply that and appropriate that and allow God to be, let that be a reality in you every day. David knew this. He knew his God in him. But we have Christ in us. And I want us to begin to pray this prayer. We're going to pray this in closing. This is such a powerful prayer. I encourage you, if you can pray this prayer over yourself, any prayers from the Word of God are powerful prayers. And when you pray them over you, there's power that comes with them. It's in Ephesians, the one I gave you there, Ephesians 3. And Paul had just been talking about the overwhelming awesomeness of God previous to this. And then he says, when I think of all this, he says, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources. Amen? In other words, he's not like, oh, no. You know, you go to the, it's funny, my grandchildren, they go, that pup. Papa, can you go to the machine and get some more, <laughs> you know, money out? Or they just see that you could just, like, get whatever, right? It's like, these, it's unlimited resources. <laughs> That's the way we need to be. It's God's glorious, unlimited resources. And he will empower you, what? With inner strength. Amen? Through what? 
through his spirit. So again, it's got nothing to do with you. It's an exchange. It's an absolute exchange. I remember when I was in India, this one time where I really learned this. I was on malaria pills, having panic attacks every 30 minutes, because the stupid things were, I'll never do it again. But I had to get it out of my system. Uh, so I had, was sleep deprived. Um, I'm doing a big, huge crusade with about a thousand people, 5,000 pastors and people. And I had never done one before in India. And so I'm, that's another thing where I'm like totally overwhelmed and I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? And then, um, uh, what was the other thing? There was three things. Anyway, it was it's so overwhelming. And I'm literally sitting in this chair looking at this huge crowd and just feeling like another panic attack coming on. And I have to get up and I have to preach to these people and show Jesus. But you know what? He gives you inner strength by his spirit. And I just stood up and I'm just like, I stepped into it. I'm like, it doesn't matter. But see, we don't push through a lot of times. We're just like, oh, you know what? The wind didn't blow the right way, so I just, I didn't do it. The wind just didn't blow the right way. And I just, uh, I just, I just didn't feel like I could do it today. And, and we just, we don't push past and it's like, God, what do you want to do? There's more. There's more. And I pushed past, and I'll tell you, boom, God broke through, and there was power, and there was deliverances, and there was healings, and there was so much that happened. But I was stepping in and out of this where it was like I, I stepped into God's power and His spirit, and then when I went back to my room, uh, the natural kicked in, but then I just would step back into it, and it's just like you just had to fight. It's an exchange. And, and this is what he's saying, that you would know his strength through his spirit. It says, then Christ will what? Make his home where? In your hearts. Right here. Not out there somewhere. Oh, he left me. Oh, I feel gross and I sinned or I did this bad and I did that bad. His home is in your heart when you've received him. He might be really sad, but his home's there when you're, when you're being bad. And he's wanting to help you. He makes his home in your hearts as you trust him. And your roots grow down into God's love. And it keeps you strong. Amen. And this is the, the biggest thing that we need, guys. Is we need that love to go deep. We need that love for one another. You know, I'm so thankful I pushed through the... You know, when you pastor, you have multiple opportunities to be offended. Multiple opportunities to walk away. Multiple, multiple, multiple. But when you allow God's love to go deep and do roots deep in your heart, you can forgive, you can move on, and you can grow strong. Strong. And not bounce all over the place. But strong. Bloom where you're planted. And may you have the power. Okay, so this is where the power comes in. How many like power? All right, Linda. I know Linda likes power. Mike likes power. Yes. And the power to understand 
as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. I love Corey Ten Boom's story. How many know the hiding place? She was at a point where she was at the concentration camp. Her sister had died. She was brutally, brutally beaten. They were, her whole family had died, but her sister had just died. She had been filled with so much hate at this point that she went into this, the bathroom and she was like, God, I, I, I'm so full of hate. She says, I'm fit in such a deep pit of hate. And God gently spoke to her and he said, Corey, Corey, there is no pit so deep that my love is not deeper still. And he lifted her. And she brought the message of forgiveness and love to the German people that killed her whole family. God, but the end of her life was filled with love and God's power to set people free. So we, we can't even, we need God's power to be able to comprehend this. And then it says here, may you experience, you know, we're all about experiencing Jesus. That's the very first thing we are, experiencing Jesus, growing together, serving others. That's the cycle. That's what big church is. Experiencing Jesus, growing together, serving others. It just continually goes. That's it. Never stops. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. How many know that's a powerful prayer? Pray that over yourself. Allow God to work that. Let's stand. If I can have... I can jury up. What we're going to do tonight, I want to, you know, because the church is a place where you can receive from God. And, you know, Christ is in you. And sometimes there's just things in life you're just like, you know, you don't know how to either appropriate that thing that you need or you're having a difficulty making the exchange or I don't know, it's just different with different people. And how you receive from God or things get, un get tangled up and messed up. But the Spirit of God is here and he wants to unravel and he wants, to, he wants you to be able to receive what you need from God. He's not hiding it from you. And we, we need... We just, there's just times we just need to just allow him to give us something. But we have to stop and, and pause and receive. So we're just so caught up in striving a lot of times. Or we're under guilt and shame. Because the devil's lied to us and accused us over and over and over and over again. Said you're not worthy and blah, blah, blah. And all the different lies he does. And we can't receive. 
but it's been finished at the cross. If you take it to the cross, because Jesus is the only one that paid the price in full, and he is the only one that can wipe that away. But if you make the exchange, it's got nothing to do with you. It's an exchange. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ Jesus, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things become new. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.